Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore, your main supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. WORshaw.ie Good evening and welcome to Country Life here on Midlands 103. It's MJ Cleary with you until 8pm, bringing you the latest from the worlds of agriculture, food and agribusiness from around the uh, Midlands and, as I said, further afield. Thank you all for joining me this evening and uh, we start with the weather each week and hard to get much better than this month, really. It's sunshine we need now for the silage season and it's looking as if it's coming at exactly the right time. Uh, Good weather promised this weekend given a little bit cooler on Monday but fingers crossed the rain will abate uh, but definitely good news over the course of the next few days and a huge amount of silage going to be knocked now over the course of Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday on to this week's programme and there was news of a significant grant from the department last week for shows to run competitions for four and five star heifers. Uh, €250,000 is what was stumped up and 64 shows are taking it up it's well worth looking into and it may encourage farmers who have never showed an animal before to get involved with news of this and also information of what will be a hugely busy show season as they are just back properly this year after a two-year hiatus we have Jim Harrison from the Irish Shows Association he's joining us a little later in the programme now are you a young farmer or indeed the parent of a young farmer who wishes to pursue a career in dairying but possibly doesn't have the requisite land bank or maybe the family farm is too small to divide but siblings both want to farm Uh, what other career options are there well the Irish Farmers Journal has a spread tomorrow on exactly that careers in daring and uh, there is a huge amount you can do in that whole industry uh, even if you don't come from a farm yourself Aidan Brennan will join me a little later to chat on this also as we said silage season just around the corner so we're going to speak about best practice to get the best quality grass saved over the course of the next week or so on the topic of silage season farm safety goes hand in hand with this time of the year it's something we all need to be so so careful about especially with small children around the yard. Heavy machinery operating with drivers who are not familiar uh, with the farm or the farmyard. There might be blind spots uh, where someone could appear from. So just safety is paramount at this time of the year. Farmers for Safety are running a competition for people. And it's not just children. And the competition is to design a farm safety sticker that will eventually be stuck on the windshield of tractors, jeeps, etc. To remind us that safety is number one. And we'll hear more about that a little bit later. Now, as always, please text the show with your comments, thoughts or questions to 083 103 be happy to put anything to our guests this evening now I'm going to start with a couple of news items that caught my eye over the course of the last few days I'm going to start with a, a brief report on uh, the cattle trade at the moment and uh, we had Adam Woods on from the Irish Farmers Journal last week and he was talking about uh, beef heading towards that hallowed ground of six euros a kilo now we're a little bit off it yet but uh, according to Martin Coughlin's article in uh, yesterday's farming Indo Angus Bullocks uh, and heifers were up on 560 to 575 all in uh, depending as he said on how much dairy there are in those animals and uh, we are we are getting close to it uh, mad money was how one source described the trade uh, for cull cows as R grade cull cows went uh, 520 to 530 
per kilo this week in the factory. Uh, but it's all about the mart really with the trade at the moment and especially when it comes to heavy cows. Uh, three euro a kilo being paid freely for heavy cows now at the moment. Uh, heavy cows coming into 2,400, 2,500, 2,600 regularly. Crazy, crazy money. And uh, mart prices as well. Really, really high for those heavier animals. Uh, it is really all about the heavy, heavy animals at the moment. Uh, just a couple of uh, prices there from Martin's article this week in the Farming Indo. And if you look at a uh, 535 kg Charlie Bullock made €3 Euro a kilo in Ballinrobe. Uh, again, 285 uh, a kilo for another limousine bullock. You're up on that €3 Euro a kilo regularly for heavy animals. As you go back down towards the stores and go back down into that territory, that 300 to 400 kilo uh, territory, you are back in price, no question about it, but still very strong. Uh, Frisians in around €2 Euros a kilo and 250 260 270 being freely paid for continental animals. So look, massive trade at the moment and that burst of dry weather is only going to push uh, people on again more growth over the course of the next few days silage will be cut there'll be after grass and uh, again the trade will definitely not go backwards over the course of the next period of time no question about that uh, sheep prices uh, good as well at the moment uh, you're talking spring lamb up on 8 euro a kilo hoggets north of 7 and um, picture looks rosy for farmers is what Martin said in this week's paper prices static but uh, picture looks rosy so hopefully prices remain in that bracket for the sheep farmers especially when the glutter sheep come on now in a few weeks time I have the uh, headline of the farmers journal in front of me for tomorrow and it is half of farmers plan to cut stock numbers Uh, so an exclusive survey half of farmers plan to cut stock numbers a survey of 1248 farmers carried out by the Irish Farmers Journal explored farmers plans for fertiliser and silage their thoughts on cash flow and 48% of them said they're going to reduce stock numbers due to the hike in input costs so it's higher than I thought to be honest Uh, that is pretty high I probably would have guessed around a third Uh, 6 euro a kilo beef price fuels mar trade so the beef price of 6 euro a kilo as we're speaking about there is within touching distance according to the Farmers Journal uh, farm bodies blast dairy groups plans so serious opposition to the recommendations included in the report of the Food Vision Dairy Group has been expressed by the farm organisations so the Food Vision Dairy Group are looking at reducing chemical fertiliser usage by about 25% uh, as well as uh, speaking about uh, stabilising they don't talk about the word reduction of cows but stabilising the herd and uh, the IFA and the ICMSA are not happy uh, we talked about silage wrap last week we're going to be using a lot of it over the course of the next few weeks silage wrap is up 30 euro a roll uh, with costs set to further increase. So at present, RAP is retailing in the region of 115 to 120 a roll. I suppose what I'd say to you on that is shop around, uh, ring a few different merchants, and uh, if possible, buy the amount you're going to buy in one go, try and get the best deal you can. But look, it is expensive. It's equating to about €4.28 Euro a bale for applying the normal amount of RAP on it. So look, you're talking 450 uh, which... There's only one of the costs, a lot more to go on top of that as well. So as we said last week, uh, silage is not going to be cheap this year. 
not by a long shot. And uh, they are the main uh, news items which have caught my eye over the course of the last few days. So coming up after the break, we are going to be speaking about shows and the Irish Shows Association's Jim Harrison is on the line. He's going to be talking about prize money for four and five star heifers. This is a government initiative. They funded €250,000 back about uh, last week, just week before last and uh, it was a little bit late in the season no doubt about it but the idea is if you are a farmer with a four or a five star heifer you can show her and there's prize money on offer and that's government funded so we'll hear about that in just a moment stay tuned and you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103 I have to give kudos to Roy there for that joke I uh, hadn't heard that one before vodka in the lawnmower and now it's half cut I don't know if that's an original I'll have to go to him and see if he came up with that one himself uh, we are moving on to the Irish Shows Association and we have Jim Jim Harrison on the line from the organisation. Jim, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Thank you. Thank you, NJ. Uh, so, Jim, we're going to talk about the funding for prize money for the four and five star heifers in a moment. 250000 announced last week and a great boost for the show industry, no question about it. But your own organisation, the Irish Shows Association, people aren't familiar with it, Jim. What exactly do you do? Well, sure, we're, we're a government body, I suppose, for the shows that we... Um, we organise insurance for them. We have a, an umbrella policy that uh, covers all the shows in Ireland. If they want insurance, they come to us for the insurance. Uh, then we organise all Ireland championships throughout the year and uh, in horses and cattle and dogs and domestic as well inside and your, your Jacob Bread and all the rest of it. So that's what we do. And... Uh, we organise funding for shows as well and try and negotiate with government circles and uh, with uh, the likes of FBD and the Irish Farmers Journal and all them people. We talk to all them people about the shows and try and get, we do our best to try and get things out to the shows. Very challenging couple of years for, for the shows, Jim. Obviously, I, I cover lots of them here on the programme on a normal year, but it's been over two years since we've done anything on shows here. And it was a real blow to the rural community uh, during COVID that we couldn't have them on. And uh, do you think they're going to come back as strong this year? Yes, MJ, they're back, I would say, stronger than ever because for the simple reason why people have been closed up in the house this past two years now. And in fact, as a person said to me, it's three years from where the show, and that's just right, like if you go with the calendar year. And it's great to see the shows back again with a bang because, as I said there, people were closed up in the house and what they're really champing at the bit now to get out to, especially outdoor events, because they know they're safe. And I suppose, in fairness, they probably were always safe. But having said that, we had it, we had it closed down for two years, and that was really dismantled to the to the shows. Because us here as an organisation, for instance, we organised our shows and and try and organise everything during the winter for the summertime. So we would keep organising away, and then. When it come to the summer, we had to cancel, and like it was, it was, it was, it was an awful siege altogether to have to cancel all the shows and uh, you know and shows themselves and show committees breaking up on that. And but the challenge now for the shows is is to get back in to 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 run on their show. They've got two years out now, and committees have fell away, and getting them back together, I feel, uh, you know, by talking to secretaries and stuff but that. But everything's coming together nicely. The early shows has passed now. There's five shows already gone. Bumper crowds at the five shows. 
and things are looking up for this year and um, all we want now, uh, MJ, is, is, is a good summer of weather. That's all we want. Yeah, 100%, Jim. I couldn't agree more with you there. And this funding that came last week, so Minister McConlog announced €250,000 investment in Irish agricultural shows. So it's a new show class aimed at promoting quality breeding females. And uh, firstly, I have to say that this is a good initiative from the Minister. We're complaining lots about poor quality cattle in, in the country. So something like this is good. Let's talk about the mechanics of it now, Jim. How, how does this work? Yes, it's a great incentive. It's for a continental and traditional genotyped four or five star heifer. So that means you have your continentals on the one side, like the limousine, Charlie, Belgian blue, etc. And then you have your traditional on the other side, the home, the homegrown, as the saying, like Herefords, uh, Aberdeen Angus's, Shorthorns, etc. So it's it's going to work in, in it's going to be uh, we've just put it together this day in fact it's only out to the shows today and the 64 shows is going to take play, to take part in this so there'll be 32 to the traditional side and the lots will be 32 to the continental side and it's 250,000 as you say over 5 years so that's 50,000 a year so we're working out that it's going to be one class in each show, in each of the 64 shows, let it be a continental class or a traditional class. And what we do is a show that has a continental class this year will have a traditional class next year. So it's going to be fair and square across the board. So first prize for this is going to be €250. Euro. Second prize is uh, €125. Euro. And third prize is €75. Euro. And then from fourth to eighth, so everybody's getting money to 8th place of 50 euros. So it's a great incentive and fair play to Charlie McConnell and the Minister for and the Department of Agriculture for putting this because it, it works both ways. It works it works for them to get people to breed four or five star heifers and it works then for the shows as well to get another class into their show that they never had and then it's also working for the exhibitor it's a few pounds in his pocket extra as well. So it's a three way approach. And the exhibitor, uh, Jim, uh, should he or she win in one show, uh, you can you can go to another one with the uh, with the same heifer, I believe. The, the same heifer can attend five shows. The same heifer can attend five shows. So technically, the same heifer can win five times. Now that would be a tall order, I suppose, in fairness. But the same heifer really could win five times. And do you think, Jim, that this would attract? Uh, maybe people who don't have a, an exhibitor background so shows in general families do it and then the father does it passes on to the sons and daughters and it moves on as a generational thing and uh, either kind of some families do it and some families don't do you think this might open the the playing field a little bit more that non-exhibitor uh, families might pop in they might have a four or five star heifer and they might say you know what we'll, we'll give this a go yes but it's like everything else MJ you have to be ready for it and to year I would say it's a find-in-your-feet type of a competition that uh, exhibitors that's you showing, yes, that they have a four- or five-star uh, genotype heifer that will show her. But for the ordinary farmer, I think he's going to have to get ready for this because, in fairness, the pedigree men, they really genotype their heifers or their calves even right away. But the commercial man mating genotype his heifer to, to later on, and that'll be a stumbling block uh, going forward for this year. But for next year, any I had, my advice to all the exhibitors out there now, or even all farmers that would like to, to show on their own local show, 
to, to try and, and if to have a five star heifer, get her genotyped early because it takes up to three months to get a heifer genotyped. So get her genotyped early uh, this year and have her ready for the shows next year. And I think this is a great incentive for shows locally because usually, you know, you'd be depending on, on exhibitors or show people would be depending on exhibitors to come from far afield into their show. This should be a, an incentive for the local people to show in their local shows. And I think that's the, the message that has to go out there. And Jim, local fi- people showing in their local shows. 100%, Jim. And finally, uh, the uh, the Shows Association, obviously you're popping around to all the shows. What's the future like for the Irish show, do you think, uh, Jim, with, uh, with the onset of uh, social media and with everything going on and people working and part-time jobs, part-time farming, busy, busy, busy lifestyles for everyone? Do you think there's a strong future for the shows? Do you see lots of young people getting involved and having interest in it? That has been a problem, MJ, over the years, probably our committee has been aging. But thankfully, there's a lot of young people out there showing uh, sheep especially. Then cattle comes next. I just I was talking to a man the day about the horse side. There's, there's not very many young people coming into the horse side there, although some people have said to me, what is he talking about here? But in, in mostly it's sheep cattle and then the horses but what I would like to see happen is there's a youth programme starting now in exactly in the Midlands region in your listeners region uh, that these young people have come together as a group and they're talking about shows and they're you know the way these all these young people go on online now and the Google this that and the other but it would be a good a good a good thing for them people to do is to Google the Australian model the Australian model could be 30 years in front of us and it's a different model completely. And if we could get to that Australian model over here, shows is in a great place. But having said that... What are, they doing? What, are, ma- what are they doing in Australia, Jim? Well, they're doing different, like like uh, Mr and Mrs Farmanette and all this sort of stuff. Different different type of stuff maybe than we would do out here mm. of, of, of um, showing cattle and showing... And show, they would show their cattle and show their classes and all the rest of it. But they have different things coming along and it's very interesting. Now, I haven't done much of it myself, but I know there's an awful lot of stuff happening over there that doesn't happen here. Mm. But I was just saying there, um, MJ... Costs is a big factor for our shows this year. Everything from insurance to to hire of equipment, uh, anything that go even the stake that goes into the ground, it could be up fifty percent. But everything is up about twenty five percent across the boards. The rosettes, everything the buy. So that's going to be a big factor. But the the factor is, I suppose, in fairness, shows should think about passing on this. You know what I mean? I don't think. A family day out is a family day out for the family, and I don't think a couple of quid at the, at the gate is going to make much difference to the family, but it could make a big, big difference to the show to keep it viable and sustainable through the years to come. And that's what you need. You need sustainability and viability going 100%, forward. 100%, uh, Jim. And I'm going to say many thanks for joining me here in the programme, giving us a rundown there on that new Lovely. scheme. And uh, we wish you all the best for a busy, busy season for yourself. And we'll chat to you again on the programme at some stage. Thank you. And any time at all, MJ. Thank you. Bye. Jim Harrison there from the Irish Shows Association. And 
look it's going to be show season proper now shortly they're going to kick off we'll be featuring lots of them here on Country Life over the course of the next couple of months but that specific class is for four and five star heifers and uh, if you're interested in it uh, up to 250 euro prize money per show you can get that five times as Jim said look you'll be doing very well get it five times if you got it once or twice now uh, you'll be going good but look the idea is encouraging better breeding and uh, that's where we're all at I was, I was actually just thinking to myself uh, this new push on beef uh, to get it in at 22 and 23 months uh, from the dairy herd really if the minister is serious on this and if the ICBF are serious on this we're going to have to look at genotyping all calves uh, going forward uh, we take a sample from their ear as is for BVD but really if we want to get breeding right uh, and then once we get that done get them genotyped and then we see exactly what breeds are finishing at that earlier time and then we crack on with those that's really what needs to be done if we are going to get serious on this because at the moment uh, there's a lot of what is it uh, conjecture in relation to this uh, you're buying Angus calves they're black uh, you know who knows what way they're going to turn out when you look at a calf at 14 or 16 days old God almighty he's not going to know what he's going to be look like at, uh, at 22 or 24 months so really if we're serious on this genotyping and gene testing needs to start from the ground up from every animal and uh, to get our breeding 100% and you wouldn't feel it in a couple of years the difference that would make just before I go to a break I came across an interesting article in the Farm Indo this week and it was about uh, a death which occurred from a corroded cattle crush and the headline of it was corroded facilities a big threat to farmer safety uh, and the warning comes after a recent inquest into a farm debt where a farmer was crushed when his cow broke through a holding pen. I just thought this was a very interesting one. Automatically, if you have a holding pen, you're going to think you're OK. But if one has been there for years and years and years, uh, and if it's corroded at the base, uh, it's going to be just an absolute debt trap. So it's just something to bear in mind. Next time you're out, have a little look. And uh, it's very easy to put a well on something like that to try and maintain it uh, to prevent an accident from happening. It's just about being aware of it. And uh, maybe hearing it here might uh, make you think about it going forward. Now, coming up after the break, we're going to be talking about dairying. We have Aidan Brennan from the Farmer's Journal. We're going to be talking about best practice for silage making. Now, I know you're all going to say, I know how to cut silage. And uh, I'm sure everybody listening does. However, no harm hearing the basics again on that. Uh, but also a career in dairying. Uh, what exactly is out there? How much money is there available to be earned in dairying if you're not actually a dairy farmer and you want to pursue a career in it? Stay tuned. And we'll hear all about that in just a moment. Now, you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midland. 103 and we're moving on to daring I've Aidan Brennan from the Irish Farmers Journal Aidan many thanks for taking my call this evening no problem uh, Aidan I was saying to our listeners here at the outset of the programme that we're just on the cusp now of a really really busy silage season uh, just looks the weather to be turning at exactly the right time and I know farmers are going to say look we all know how to make silage but uh, best practice uh, Aidan on it I suppose for, for pit silage the question I would say is to wilt or not to wilt Aidan what, what's, what do you recommend if you want to get the real real quality stuff in the pit now on, uh, on in the next few days Oh, there's no question, but you have to wilt, uh, MJ. You know, it's, it's essential to, to increase the dry matter of, of, the, of the grass that's, and, being, and that's ha- growing, you know. How long are we talking, Aidan? Because this is the one thing that farmers will be very conscious of, over wilting silage and then trying to pack it and get it rolled in properly. What's, what's your optimum? Well, optimum is, is 24 to 36 hours is, is optimum time. But, I mean, that's very textbook, you know. It all depends on the weather. Um, like, the weather is very unsettled at the moment. Look, the, the forecast is better for the weekend, as, as you've said. But even then, you know, that's only a two- or three-day window where, where it's possible. And contractors are going to be very busy. 
I would actually foresee a lot of silage getting a much shorter wilt than that, um, and especially for the next couple of days. I mean, if, if the weather settles, you can get those wilts. But look, that, that's optimum, 24 to 36 hours. Some even people even go to a little longer, 48 hours, which would be two full days on the, on the flat. And are we um, talking of giving it a, giving it a turn up, uh, Aidan, uh, once in that 48 hours or leaving it on the flat yeah, all the time? No, for me, 48 hours is probably too long. You know, at that stage now, you're hitting, you're over 30% dry matter at that stage. Um, you know, if, if the day is good and, 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 and conditions are good. So I'd say 24 hours to 36 hours is more optimal for me. And at that stage, yes, you give it one toss out, I suppose, with the tether and then rake it in. Um, look, the key thing, even even leaving it in 10-foot swarts will actually help do an off. We do most of the drying in that, in that regard. The risk is if you have, you know, these big mowers that, that you know, group the three swarts together, so you have 30 foot in one swart, there's very little drying there. Mm. And that's kind of, you know, we know drying really for most of the crop in, in that situation. Yeah. So I'd say even, even in 10 foot swarts and then rake it into 30 foot is, is better than, than, um, than, than even getting big ones. Uh, just on the uh, dairying at the moment, Aidan, obviously milk, milk price is very, very good at the moment. Uh, dairy farmers happy for uh, the price they're getting. Uh, obviously, input costs still extremely high. Fertiliser being the big one. Where are we at on fertiliser at the moment in relation to the uh, price per tonne of a compound, for example? So it's, it still hasn't really changed a whole lot. There's some talk, in, you know, particularly in the border counties, of a slight reduction, 20, 30, 40 euros a tonne reduction uh, for on-the-spot prices. But, but in general, you're talking for a compound 18612 or something similar, you know, 900 euros to 950 euros a tonne is kind of the goal. But urea is still making around 1,100 euros a tonne. So very expensive, like traditionally very high prices for fertiliser and no real, no real end in sight to it, to be honest. Uh, milk prices we're talking 50 cent a litre into into the hand reasonably straightforwardly at the moment or is that, is that roughly about right Eden? so 50 cent a litre is base price MJ you know you add on then your, your fat and protein percent your extra solids your extra value you're getting for your solids so a lot of herds now are getting in, in you know the mid 50s 55 56 cent a litre is, is widespread some of the you know Herds that are producing higher solids, you know, crossbred herds are up maybe 60 cent a litre um, for, for price at the moment. So you're right, I mean, extremely high and big, you know, these are big volume months as well. So we'd often get a high milk price maybe at the back end of the year when, when volumes are low. But so look, it's great from that point of view. But obviously, look, we've just mentioned that the big challenge there is on cost. Uh, breeding, Aidan, uh, how have uh, how have dairy farmers gotten on this year? Uh, weather was kind of up and down a little bit. I know we got a bit, of, a bit of sunny weather, probably not as much as you'd like, but then we wanted rain to grow silage as well, so it's kind of a balanced act. But what are farmers yeah. coming back to you? Uh, what's your feedback on the breeding season? Sure, fairly positive. You know, most people have three weeks done at this stage. Uh, submission rates, what I'm hearing back, are quite high. One thing we have noticed is that there's actually a big reduction, well, a 2.5% reduction in, in the usage of AI this year. Um, so farmers have made a decision that they're probably going to use more stock bulls or, or breed less cows uh, to dairy than normal. So that's one thing to watch, I suppose, in, in the future. But generally speaking, farmers are, are happy with how breeding is going. Conditions have been reasonably good for it. Um, like, you know, mild kind of sultry weather like we've had is good for cows. You know, it's good for breeding um, and they're showing strong signs of heat. Uh, moving on, Eden, to a uh, piece in uh, the paper, where to go for a career in the dairy sector. And uh, obviously, uh, look, if, uh, if a young person is born into a dairy farm and it's uh, of a big enough size that it can accommodate him or her and maybe a, a wage for the parents as well, that's super. But the kind of angle I'm looking at here, uh, Eden, is for people who are interested in a career in the dairy sector but uh, may not have quite enough land at home to go dairy farming uh, full time they might have to be part time they might have to work at something else or maybe they don't have enough land at all but they still want to work in the dairy sector what are the options out there for people in, in that regard 
sure there's loads of them, to be honest. You know, I mean, the sector not is outside of farming as well. So 60,000 people are employed in the dairy sector between farms and outside the farms and industry and, and processing and marketing and sales and all the rest. So it's a, it's a big sector. Um, in terms of inside the farm gate, there's an absolute huge amount of opportunities available for those looking to become, you know, farm operatives or general operatives to farm managers or assistant farm managers. Like there's an, I get an endless stream of, of farmers or landowners looking to to recruit, um, recruit people for farms. And so there's loads of opportunities there. I mean, obviously just if you have on that, Aidan, uh, sorry, not, not stopping, just conscious time, I just want to we'll get a few in. Uh, the Inside the Farm Gate uh, empl- employment opportunities, there's lots of them, there's lots of work to be done, but when it comes down to the hard and fast uh, cash, the amount people are being paid, realistically, are people being paid enough to work full-time in a dairy farm? Like, and I say enough now, you know, average industrial wage being, what, 35, 36,000, the way inflation's gone. If someone wants, say, 40,000 a year basic, uh, like, are they going to get that in the dairy sector other than a few really big farms? I know, yes, I, I'd say they would, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that kind of a salary now, obviously, you know, with that you come, you get experience, or you have to have experience, and you have to have responsibility. Um, but, but definitely, yeah, that, that would be, you know, the average industrial wage, what you're saying there, like 35, 36,000, would, I would say now would be would be in around, um, uh, you know, close to what, what, what most farm operatives will be will be paid at the moment with it, with that experience and with that level of responsibility. And then if you're a farm manager, then you're getting more and more, um, you know, higher on top of that because you've got more responsibility. And, you know, there's, you know, there's some farm managers, as you say, on these big farms, and they're earning 70,000, 80,000 euros a year. So very much applicable to good professional income. Uh, but obviously it all depends on your skills and all the rest. But... And look, I mean, let's let's be honest. Not all not all people are, are earning that money, um, and and in some cases, dairy farmers have work to do in terms of you know how they treat staff and how they manage um, manage people in terms of time off and rosters and all the rest. And that's a work in progress, but that's probably reflective of all industries. So, um, but definitely, I, I would say you know if you're interested in career dairying, there are great opportunities there, and you're working with nature, you're working with animals, and you're out in the open, which is all positive as well. But um, but definitely, the hard cash is important. Like you know, we have to live it as well. And, and I see, you know, there has been an inflation in terms of uh, cost, you know, in terms of um, w- wage costs. And not all dairy farmers are happy with that, needless to say. But you have to, you know, you have to, re- you have to get back to employees and make sure that they're going to be well rewarded for the hours that they put in. Yeah, a good employee is worth their weight in gold, I suppose, Aidan. And that's the thing that, uh, look, it's it's coming around, I'd say, in, uh, in in agriculture. But maybe just as a result of over the years, there probably wasn't as much cash flow in it. So people weren't as familiar with having staff and having employees. But, you know, a, as you see it, if you know if you have someone good, they're worth their weight in gold. Uh, the uh, last point, in just before I let you go, and it's a piece in tomorrow's paper, and it's uh, Farm Bodies Blast Dairy Groups Clans. So uh, serious opposition to the recommendations included in the interim report by the Food Vision Dairy Group and that's reducing chemical fertiliser and uh, I don't know if they've come down with an actual reducing cows but stabilising um, what's your take on, on this Dairy Food Vision Group Aidan? Oh sure I mean there's a lot of negativity towards it like I mean it, they, you're right they haven't come out to say yes we're going to cut cow numbers but they're saying, doing everything else in order to make sure there's a, cow, a cut in cow numbers like the nitrogen one is, is a huge thing like if you reduce your nitrogen uh, by 50 kilos a hectare it's 0.2 of a livestock unit you need to reduce by so, I mean, at 35, or they're proposing a 35% cut in nitrogen use, which will necessitate a reduction in cow numbers. There's no doubt about that. Um, look, the, the issue I have is, you know, if, if these cuts are enforced on farmers, they're, go- they're going to lose the initiative to make changes themselves. They're just going to walk away, I'd say, from a lot of the efficiency measures that we're promoting in terms of protected urea and low emission slurry spreading. 
and um, and and all those kind of you know clover work, all that kind of stuff. So I I say the the, the minister and the Department of Agriculture need to trade carefully now because we are seeing a reduction in cow numbers, any a reduction in the growth in cow numbers. Um, like we've had a you know there's currently 1.7 percent more cows now than there was this time last year. But go back, you know, previous years that was five, six, seven percent at time. So there is definitely a slowdown. Um, and we are going to get on top of our mission. So I, I, I think you know enforcing these cuts would be would be draconian and uh, very damaging to, to 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 the investments that many dairy farmers have made into their businesses. Yeah, 100%. Okay, Aidan, we'll leave it there. I'll say many thanks and we'll be speaking to you again on the programme. Thanks, MJ. Aidan Brennan there from the Irish Farmers Journal and uh, a roundup on all things dairying. Aidan, obviously a dairy farmer himself in County Tip, not happy with the proposals of the uh, Food Vision Dairy Group uh, talking about reducing uh, fertiliser use by up to 30% by 2030. And uh, yeah, there's no question about that. If you, if you, if you do enforce that reduction of it, uh, there is going to be a reduction in cow numbers. Well, they're not saying they want cows to go back. Uh, their actions would illustrate that they do. And uh, it is, um, look, they're only, they're only a, a group. They're only coming up with suggestions. None of this is being enforced yet. But uh, interesting times ahead uh, to see exactly what they come up with. And as Aidan said, they're hard for you to go and buy uh, extra slurry storage uh, and to be really, you know, conscious on that side of things when your output is down and when you have less cash flow. So it's a, it's a balancing act and it has to be looked at carefully by the minister and everyone involved. Now, coming up after the break, we're going to be speaking about farm safety and it's a competition for people uh, to design a farm safety sticker that will be stuck on windscreens of tractors and jeeps, etc. to remind of farm safety. So stay tuned for that. And you're very welcome back to the last section of this evening's programme. Now, you may have heard earlier on there was a little piece of audio there with a joke that Roy Jennings made about putting vodka in the lawnmower and the grass being half cut. Uh, And I said to myself, I wonder, did Roy come up with that or did he steal it somewhere? Well, a texter just said to me, MJ, that joke was up on Facebook. I would say that it's where he got it. So, Roy, you are found out. Uh, if that is where you got that joke we'll have to double check for next week now we're moving on to farm safety and I have Neve Nolan on the line Neve is from Farmers for Safety Neve, many thanks for taking my call this evening thanks very much EJ for, MJ for having me on this, this evening it's great to be um, on Midlands 103 thanks very much you're more than welcome Neve. Uh, so you're running a competition for people it's not just children it's people who want to design a farm safety sticker to help awareness in this area. So we'll chat about that in a moment. But first, uh, your little organisation, your little group, Farmers for Safety. Uh, can you give us a bit of background on yourself, please, Neve? What are you up to? Um, well, at the moment, the project only kicked off there in November time. So we're still we're, there are early days yet. The project is a pilot project which adopts a peer-to-peer mentor approach to engage farmers in attitudinal and behavioural change towards farm safety, health and wellbeing. So we're focusing on three counties, MJ, at the moment, which is Cork, Tipperary and Wexford. And Irish Shore Link is the organisation which I'm from. Um, they're in partnership with the Bride Project in Cork, the Duncan and Blue Flag Farming Community Scheme in Wexford, the New Futures Farming Group in Tipperary and the Health and Safety Authority in carrying out this project in the catchment areas. Wow, okay. Uh, that, that was a mouthful, Neve. Um, I know, I'm, so, I'm a quick talker. Yeah, I don't no, realise it until I'm on air. Yeah, for no, fair, <laughs> fair play. So basically, European funding are in here to get people more aware of uh, being uh, safe around the farm. That's essentially the, um, the umbrella of it all. Um, yeah. And this little competition you're running, so is uh, it's an interesting one, it's a fun one, and it's about designing a farm safety sticker. Uh, sticker being a good one because, look, children will love to get involved in this, but it's not just for children. You're looking for uh, groups in general to become uh, involved? 
Yes, MJ, yeah, definitely. It's open. The competition is called Stick to Safety, and we're teamed up with Agri Kids in this um, competition. It's open to all ages, all communities, not just schools. Um, the objective of the competition is to create a range of safety team stickers for vehicles, machinery, or even for your home, just to help raise awareness of farm safety, health, and well-being. So we're hoping by getting different age groups involved within our communities, it will achieve a greater reach for farm safety, health and well-being on the ground. And I like the way you put farm safety, health and well-being all together because they really are all together. You know, they're, they're the blessed trinity really of words together. But people usually just say farm safety. They don't talk about health, don't talk about well-being, but really they go hand in hand. If you can not have one, you won't have the others. Exactly, exactly. Like the health and well-being side of it, really, we're looking at not just the safety aspect, how your health and well-being impacts the farm safety, but also, you know, obviously the pressure of, you know, silage season coming in now and the extreme pace of farming and the pressure on the farmer themselves. So it's important that we take that into consideration when we're thinking of farm safety and give them time management as well to take time away and look after their health and well-being as, just as much as farm safety. And if people want to get involved in the competition, Eve, uh, what do they do? Where do they log on to get uh, the application form or to download yep. the data? Well, they can look up the website, so www.farmers4safety.ie and you can find it up there, Stick to Safety, and the competition up there is, is there's a tab up there, Stick to Safety, you can click into that. And if you have any queries, you can give me an uh, email on neve at farmersforsafety.ie. Uh, the deadline for the competition is, in, is on July the 8th. And if you want to find out more information, you can give us a call on 90 uh, again, uh, and if you, some amount you're packing into these uh, these little segments, I have to say, it's uh, fantastic uh, the amount of info we're getting off you. Uh, you've really kind of wrapped it all up there. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a little bit about your own background, Neve. And uh, how did you uh, get involved in wanting to work in farm safety? I'm presuming you're from a farm yourself, yeah? I am, yes. I'm a, I have a background in dry stock and sheep farm. Um, well, say my background, I started off wanting to do teaching in Mary Macula College um, a few years ago, and uh, teaching didn't really, wasn't for me at the time, so then I'd done a Master's in Rural Futures Innovation and Planning in Inui Galway last year, and I completed that in September, and I applied for this position in November, was lucky to get the position, and I started my role as Project Manager of this Farm Safety EIP Agri project. Um, it's it's different. Um, I really enjoy working with my. I have six mentors under me at the moment: two in Cork, two in Tipperary, and two in Wexford. So it's it's enjoyable work. Um, the farming community is, you know, there's so much going on out there, and there's different innovative ways. I'm hoping that this project can address farm safety, health, and well-being, and create more awareness in communities about farm safety as well. And just to create, like, I suppose my background in farming as well adds to this project, which is great to have a farming background. And to be able, obviously, to learn from other farmers as well and the different farm enterprises out there and what the challenges are with farm safety, health and well-being. Uh, the Masters you did in Galway was on Rural Futures Innovations and Planning. So I, did, I wasn't familiar that there was uh, such, a, such a course. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, rural Futures, like what is the, the bigger picture? What do the powers that be, the governments and whatnot, believe the future of the rural communities is going to be? Broad question, I know, but like, what, what's, their, what's the angle? Are rural communities going to flourish in the future or are they going to find it hard to, to exist? Well, 
MJ, you really are testing me now <laughs> this evening. <laughs> um, the Masters really, it's about, you know, obviously future-proofing rural areas and trying to create the betterment, you know, better for rural communities and all those disadvantaged communities, see what's out there, how we can become innovative in our rural communities to diversify. So, like, you know, for instance, if you're in a local community yourself, there's different areas you can diversify. So if you have a local heritage centre, you could think about how we can actually expand on that. Could we get talks in, workshops? And even, I suppose, with the, you know, the hubs going around as well within rural communities, to encourage young people to stay within the rural communities and to give them the opportunity, you know, to work from home, but also to have them opportunities in communities, like in communities, to have, you know, certain walkways, certain, you know, amenities around their local area where they don't have to travel into a city, that they enjoy the rural life. Whereas, especially COVID-19, it has highlighted to us, you know, the important role rural areas play, especially during lockdown as well. We could go out for a walk, we could enjoy, you know, enjoy the walks in nature and even be on our farm as well. It's just, you know, we take all these for granted when we don't actually see the opportunities around rural communities. But this Masters shows the future-proofing for rural areas, the planning that it's needed to do and the innovation that that we can do in our rural communities um, by having people involved together, you know, um, collaborating with each other to make to make a better rural area for what, them. Was there a part of the Masters, Neve, about uh, the local pub? Uh, because it is a kind of a, a, a hub. And uh, I know if we could talk about it in jest and make a bit of a joke, but it's a massive, massive thing for rural uh, areas. And, you know, with drink driving years ago, like something like, uh, I know there's transport links and things being set up now uh, to get people over and back, but even funding to keep these pubs alive, like they are huge, huge, huge bases in rural communities and when they die away the area kind of dies away a little um exactly mj yeah like i come from a, um, a rural pub myself actually um i grew up in a family-run business in castle bakney and we've opened since covid and there's a massive difference i, I suppose prior to covid and it's very hard to keep kind of you know people aren't out there to go mm. out especially as you said the drink driving has really kind of minimise the amount of people that goes out and obviously with the cost then of living increasing the whole time you have if you have a family down the road they have to pay a mortgage they have to pay a babysitter a taxi then the next day they can't drink or drink like you know they're driving then they can't they're limited Mm -hmm. so we have noticed a massive impact on in the pub scene and especially coming from a pub growing up in a pub um, I've seen the different characters that come through you know and especially during COVID-19 hit it really has impacted our clientele in the pub because not only did people come in for a drink, they came in for a chat rather than a drink. It was that social interaction with them and it really combated socialisation, the pub. But since since COVID hit and all that, it has caused many challenges in rural communities. And the pub, I do agree with you, is the life of of, of a rural community. And it's important that we try to look at how we can diversify pubs so they can be future-proof for um, rural communities. 100%. Neve, could say talking to you all evening, I'd say you're going to have a future in the political scene of uh, championing <laughs> the rural cause. And uh, I'm going to say many thanks for joining me this evening on the programme. And uh, we'll no doubt chat to you again. And I'm just going to say goodbye to Neve there uh, without letting her say goodbye because I'm out of time. Uh, the initiative is... Uh, 
far it is farmers for safety and it's stick to safety so if you just google that you'll see the details and uh closing date there in a few weeks time thanks to Eve. uh thanks to Aidan brennan talking to me about dairy and earlier jim harrison uh for the irish shows association also who joined me earlier on now the show is repeated on sunday morning at 6 a.m uh, it's also available on uh, our website midlands103.com i flick down to the listen back section and we have uh i think 150 programs there if you want to go back and listen to them all um i'd be delighted if you would and uh, i will join you next week as always hopefully a safe week on the farm uh, over the course of next week good night and god bless on midlands 103 brought to you by w orshaw burlington business park tillamore your main supplier of new holland's tractors in the midlands w orshaw.ie